I, I assume everybody knows who Dr. Dina Hinshaw is. She was, of course, our chief medical officer of health uh, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Probably most Albertans didn't know who she was, and it wasn't long before everybody knew. Uh, Dina Hinshaw came to represent, I guess, a, a certain kind of approach toward COVID-19. It became a polarizing figure. Enough so that when uh, Daniel Smith became premier, uh, Dina Hinshaw was very quickly removed from the position of chief medical officer of health. Now, she went to go work in B.C. for a time. Within Alberta Health Services, though, uh, there was uh, subsequently a position that needed to be filled uh, to head up the Indigenous Wellness Corps. Uh, so there were conversations within Alberta Health Services about who best to fill that role. And eventually the decision was made that Dina Hinshaw herself would be a good fit. So she was hired for that role and then subsequently fired from that role. So that was all earlier this year. More is now coming to light about how that all went down and the role that the premier herself had in that decision. Now, before we get to our next guest, I want to play for you what the Premier had to say yesterday when she was asked about allegations of interference and whether it was her decision to remove Dina Hinshaw from that role. Well, I can tell you that I put Dr. Cowell in place to make these decisions. I talked with him on a weekly basis. We talked about staffing decisions a lot. And we have a major restructuring that we're doing in Alberta Health Services as well. So uh, ultimately, it's the, it's the official administrator and now the board and the uh, and the CEO who will make those decisions, and it was the it was the case in in this instance too that the, the decisions of AHS were made by AHS. Uh, sorry, it's Shailen. Yes, and I do have oh, a, a follow up on that same topic. In in that resignation letter, Dr. Mann states that Dr. Cowell said that after speaking directly with you on a phone call on June first, he said at a group meeting that the premier is firm. There can be no hiring of Dr. Hinshaw. Can you confirm that you had that phone call on June first? with Dr. Cowell, and you outlined that Dr. Hinshaw could not be hired. Look, as I said, I talked with uh, Dr. Cowell all the time about uh, about staffing decisions, and he always made it clear that uh, the decisions by HS were made by HS. So for him, in, con- in conjunction with his CEO. Okay, look, let, let's be real here. Dr. John Cowell signed off on Dina Hinshaw's hiring. He then has conversations with the premier, and that hiring is rescinded. Like, who is the premier kidding here? Well, Dr. Braden Mance... Uh, played a key role in the decision to hire Dr. Dina Hinshaw and resigned after how things went down, what he viewed as political interference. Former executive at Alberta Health Services is a professor in the Departments of Medicine and Community Health Science at the University of Calgary and joins us on the line here this morning to talk about all of this. Dr. Braden Mance, good to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Although I will say that given the contentious nature of this subject, I'm, I'm not talking on behalf of the university today. Yeah, and that's important to note. Um, let's, let's go back then to earlier this year and just set the stage for us then in terms of what your role was at AHS and, and what your role was in filling this position that, that Dr. Dina Hinshaw had been hired for. So with the turnover in, in executives, I, I had been asked, I had previously been an associate chief medical officer and I was asked to, to serve as an interim vice president with Alberta Health Services looking after provincial clinical programs, and the Indigenous Wellness Corps was one of those. Um, so in March, there was a person had retired from an existing position that was working with Indigenous communities. They had posted that position, a certain selection happened um, following all the, the usual rules, and, and, and Dr. Hinshaw was the recommended candidate. And so Dr. Tailfeathers contacted me. And obviously, I knew there were some sensitivities there, so I gave the CEO a heads up who 
gave the C- the uh, Dr. Cowell, the official administrator, a heads up. And uh, after a while, Dr. Cowell had done his due diligence, as he always did. And he called me and we spoke about the position. And after considering, you know, he knew the position was important. Indigenous mm-hmm. people live 17 years less. Um, he had checked out Dr. Hinshaw, who had previously been an employee. He knew she'd been a good employee with Alberta Health Services. And so he agreed to, that we could move ahead with the recruitment, but it needed to wait until after May 29th. Which, of course, was the election. Correct. Yes. Uh, so we went through the process. She was selected. You went up the chain. Dr. Cowell was aware. Dr. Cowell approved her hiring then. Correct. And then what happened? Well, after the election, um, Dr. Hinshaw was to start on the 5th of June, I believe, and uh, a note went out to senior leadership at Alberta Health Services uh, welcoming her and and just letting people know. Um, And immediately there was a strong reaction from the government, and Dr. Cowell asked us to hold on the position, and I I spoke to him very shortly thereafter in the hallway where we were both... uh, um, um, We were both at a board meeting, and uh, he said this was a major problem and I reminded him about our discussions. He said he would speak to the Premier, see if he could uh, change people's minds and while we were sitting there speaking, the Premier called him. He indicated the Premier on the phone and he went away to have a private conversation with her. After that, he pulled several of us into his office for a conversation and he said under no circumstances the Premier was not supportive at all of this hire and uh, we spoke further about that. He, after that meeting, he, he continued to be supportive. He, he said that he would call her chief of staff and see if he could change her mind. Um, the next day, I was directed to rescind Dr. Hinshaw's contract. Right. So it was pretty clear to you that this wasn't a case of Dr. Cowell having second thoughts, but that uh, the premier's views on the matter had been made clear to him. Well, I, I shared my resignation letter with you, and uh, yeah. you know, I, I everything that is in that resignation letter is accurate and truthful, and and that's exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I'll stop there. Right, and and yeah, and so and just to be clear too, you, you the premier never contacted you directly. There was never any contact between you and anyone in the premier's office. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the principle at play here, right? And and why you felt that this you, you couldn't go along with this, that that you felt that that you needed to resign on principle. I mean, the government, even the premier's office, I mean, they they have a role in setting health policy, but these kinds of decisions about staffing and filling positions, there, there shouldn't be political interference there. Why does this matter to you? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you know, the government is ultimately accountable for health care. They spend, you know, 38 cents on every taxpayer's dollar um, on health care. It's important that government needs to set priorities. It needs to set objectives. It needs to hold the health system accountable. And yeah, we got, we've got some problems in the health care system, like every other province. But health care systems have to be able to take a longer range view than governments can, and they need to plan services accordingly. Um, and when government gets too involved in healthcare, they tend to want to micromanage it. And this was, you know, the most egregious example of, of reaching into the system. Um, and it wasn't, you know, if, if government feels they need to replace the executives, they can speak to the official administrator or, or the board chair. 
or exert their influence. But when they reach four levels down into Alberta Health Services and, and tell you to fire an employee, that's that's wrong. Um, are we? Is the government saying that Dr. Hinshaw, who's a physician, she can never work in Alberta again? And, and what does this say to to other staff and physicians who work in Alberta Health Services. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, so the position that she was hired for, the Indigenous Wellness Corps, because I know the Premier has talked a lot about, well, you know, we're making changes and overhaul at, at AHS, but, I mean, does this position still exist? Did somebody else then fill that role? It has not been filled, and frankly, Dr. Tailfeathers also resigned over this. Right. And her position has not been filled. There's, mm-hmm. there's a, you know, at baseline, there's a lack of trust between Indigenous communities and Indigenous leaders and, and the healthcare system. And, and you need to work very hard to establish that trust. And a lot of trust has been lost over this position. Doctor, they've not been able to find a replacement for Dr. Tailfeathers. Um, they have not replaced this position, um, to my recent knowledge. And it, it makes it very difficult to recruit the kind of leadership that you need. The health system has to partner with Indigenous communities, and, and this makes that very difficult. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Was it ever made clear, uh, was anything ever said either through Dr. Cowell then or or anywhere else as to what the issue with Dr. Hinshaw was? I think people can kind of maybe guess on their own, but was anything ever laid out? Um, Yes, and I think you're right that people can guess on their own. I want to, you know, be careful that what I say is absolutely what I heard, um, and I wasn't part of those private conversations. Yes, some, some reasons were provided, and I, I think you're right that, uh, that listeners can, mm-hmm. can well uh, imagine what those were. Yeah. Now, I also understand, and, and there, there's a separate letter you provided, uh, and this concerns the Ethics Commissioner, uh, we understand, is, is looking into the uh, situation around Dr. Hinshaw's hiring and, and firing. Now, what can you tell us about that? Because I understand uh, you were in, had a conversation with, with the Ethics Commissioner about all of this. Yeah, so I think in the late summer, I was contacted by the Ethics Commissioner's office and told that I needed to testify on October 4th. I was given a time, it was in person, and I needed to provide my resignation letter, you know, any relevant emails, any relevant documents, and, and even text messages. And, and so I complied, and I, you know, I attended, and, I, you know, the, the ethics commissioner, I'll, I'll leave, I, I don't know where that investigation is right. at, um, but I, you know, one of the reasons that I came forward now, frankly, is I felt that you know, public transparency and this kind of thing is important. Mm-hmm. And Alberta is not the leading light in public transparency across the country. And, uh, and uh, you know, one thing that was made pretty clear to me during that uh, interview that I had at the Ethics Commissioner's office was that it was highly unlikely that this was ever going to become public through that route. And, and I knew that through the Freedom of Information um, request route, I knew that media were not having any success. They'd been uh, told that the resignation letter would not be released or any other information. And uh, in fact, at one point they said, um, the media told me that uh, if I contacted the Freedom of Information office and waived or, you know, provided my consent for the letter to be released, that they would release it. And and so I did that. Um, And the Apparently, the media were told that it was going to be released, and then the next day they were told it wouldn't be released. So I sort of found myself in a situation where the formal channels of public transparency were not working. Yeah. What do you hope comes of this, then? 
Well, first off, I, I, I thought it was important, um, you know, uh, elected officials are really important. Government is important. And I felt that transparency there was, was important. Uh, we need to be able to trust our elected officials. I, I, uh, I also feel like the recent health care system restructuring, where they're pulling control of health care system further up into Alberta Health, you know, back into government, that that's going to mean that governments will more easily control the information. Um, and, and information around health care can at times be political. Yeah. It, uh, it will allow them to, to micromanage the system. And frankly, it, it can lead to gridlock. Um, systems or decisions the healthcare system needs to make are not always ones that will help politicians get elected, but we have, you know, fixed budgets and we have fixed numbers of doctors. And I think Albertans need to give serious thought to whether the healthcare system is the priority, a healthcare system that works, or do they want healthcare to be a political football that gets used to, you know, win and lose elections? Um, we need to, we need to subside on that healthcare or the citizens pay for the healthcare system. Absolutely. Well, we'll see what comes of all of this, but we certainly appreciate you speaking out about this and make some time for us here today. Dr. Manns, thanks so much for this. You're welcome.